Welcome to Beauty and the Ghee, the BJJ podcast about jujitsu and life on and off the mat. I'm Jen Eads, a white belt full of curiosity and questions about all things jujitsu. I'm AJ Klingerman, a Brazilian jujitsu purple belt obsessed with all things jujitsu. I feel like this episode is a special treat. Oh my gosh, it was such a treat. Like my cheek muscles hurt from smiling. Right. <laughs> like laughing. Yeah. It, it was a, it, it's going to be a great interview. Yeah. So we were fortunate enough to have Jillian Davis from Women's Grappling Network join us for this episode of the podcast. And we talked about everything. Like we actually did talk about some jujitsu things. I think so. I think. Yeah. yeah. I feel like this really kind of captured that on and off the mats, all of the things. Yeah. Like how, I mean, it's that all of our life kind of involving jujitsu and, you know, everything that goes around that too. So Facebook and behavior and Mm -hmm. how to be a decent human being. Yes. And diet and competition and relationships. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All. Oh, gosh. Yeah. 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 So you want to listen to this all the way through Uh because there are some gems, particularly towards the end. Yeah. I think. Great stuff. And there might be some outtakes because AJ and I are struggling with words after recording multiple podcast episodes today. What's my name? (laughs) (laughs) Let's just jump right into this conversation with Jillian Davis. My name is Jillian Davis. I live in New Jersey, in central New Jersey, which if you're from New Jersey is a contentious thing because the northern and southern parts don't think there is a central part, but here we are. Um, I work and my daytime job is I do research at Rutgers University. And my husband owns a martial arts school and I help run that and teach there with him. Yeah, I feel like that that should be just our first question is because we were talking about it a lot. Like, how on earth do you do everything? You're you're (laughs) a a scientist, Ph.D., right? Um, And a mother and you help run the school and still have time to mediate the Internet. <laughs> uh, yeah, that so that was sort of like a happy accident, or you know, maybe as time has gone on and the group has gotten humongous, yeah. maybe less of a happy accident. Though I still enjoy it. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, like my life has always been super crazy. I I don't function well when doing too few things because I tend to procrastinate and be really lazy. And so the only way I've figured out how to function is to jam pack almost too many things in, so that everything's like on a set schedule and I have a place that I need to be. And it just kind of keeps me honest and functioning. I like that a lot. That might be who I am too. <laughs> I could <laughs> so see I am that. Definitely wicked lazy. I've left to my own devices <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah, I could. I, I, I'm that person too. I think <laughs> that feels right. <laughs> so tell us, like, how did the the Women's Grappling Network start? How did you get started doing that? Funny story. When I very first started training at my now husband's school, because I was that like creepy female student that, you know, ended up marrying her instructor. Um, so, you know, that's me. I'm that person that you hate at the gym. Um, so we started by putting my son in there because he, um, my son from a previous marriage, because he was like borderline obese, according to the pediatrician. And he's just a super sweet kid. And we were like, you know, we just need a way for him to defend himself. So we put him in the school and then I joined not too long after that. And the school itself wasn't really Brazilian jiu-jitsu centric at the time. Mm-hmm. It was more catch wrestling based mm-hmm. and more submission grappling without an emphasis on Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And so as I, you know, 
browse the interwebs. I'm like, well, where do I find other grappling type people like me? And so that was how I stumbled across the Women's Grappling Network, which over time has become certainly more BJJ centric than I think it was initially. But Jessie, when she started the group, was doing more like Sambo based stuff. And I remember at the time she was like super excited that somebody joined that also like came up learning footlocks early as opposed to, you know, learning them later on. Right. And we just sort of bonded over that. And then over like my first year of being in the group, I would occasionally send her a message like, hey, you might want to check this thread. It's getting a little out of control. Or, hey, this person's being real asshat. We should, you know, <laughs> you should probably do something about it. Yeah. Um, and I had come from moderating online video game forums, which, by the way, are like oh. the craziest, <laughs> like, anon- anonymity on the internet. It's yes, like a really yeah. powerful tool for really terrible people. So um, I came from a little bit of a different background, but I mean, the internet is the internet. And after a while, like one time jokingly, she's like, well, you know, you should just be a moderator with me. And I was like, nah, I'm pretty polarizing as a human being. I don't want to rub people the wrong way. Like I prefer to just be able to speak my mind honestly. And she's like, no, that's cool. You can totally do that. And I was like, well, I mean, as long as, you know, you're okay with me setting the whole thing on fire, you know, fine, sure. You know, and, uh, it just kind of evolved from there. Like at first I just, you know, I didn't want to overstep because it was her group. So I would just mostly do like the membership approval stuff. And then over time she was very busy. She's also a PhD in chemistry. Mine is in microbiology. And so we have all these like things in common. The fact that we found each other on the internet is actually pretty amazing. We have a lot in common. I'm hoping actually to eventually get out to Kentucky and train with her. And yeah. So then it just was like, you know, I would hit her up about something and she would be too busy to take care of it. And I would just, start taking care of stuff and you know now it's like well i have a soapbox (laughs) i'm not happy with what's going on i'm just gonna climb on up there and you know pontificate so that's you know how it's evolved over time i love that i love when you you get on there and you're like okay guys that's enough Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah we're gonna gonna... gonna have to go mom mode on you because you're misbehaving exactly (laughs) i shut that down that's not what we're accepting here i i appreciate that a lot It's so hard sometimes because like I try to be at least somewhat professional with it, even though obviously it's not a paid gig, but there are just sometimes where like somebody says something that's just so outlandish that all I can do is find that Robert Downey Jr. meme where he's rolling his eyes and just post it. It's like (laughs) as a moderator, that's like the thing I get to do. So it's like, you're just being ridiculous. You're like, this is the nicest I can be. This is... (laughs) (laughs) Right. Other things that I I had thought about saying were not nearly as appropriate as this. So I'm just going to abuse my moderator privileges and be a bit of a jerk. So here we go. That's awesome. Can we get back to uh, how you and your now husband like started dating? Like how did that all... <laughs> uh, so it's a bit of like so what I guess the question is is your podcast like G P G P G thirteen like give me a like so, a yeah a so genre I think of... we tend to stay more in the PG PG thirteen um no, I'm okay, good at cool. editing I'm not gonna say anything. I'm yeah. definitely not going to like NC seventeen or anything. So I just you know wanted to make sure that it was you know okay. So yes. long story short, I had been separated and divorced from my uh, then ex husband for like six or seven years, and we had gotten married super young. He's an awesome dude. We just were not compatible long term, and so. I took the time off to just sort of like focus on me, focus on my son who I share custody with my ex with. We used to do family bowling nights even after we were divorced. Like things are super chill. And so I was just like, you know, I need to get happy and functional on my own or I'm just going to like continue being depressed. So I was like, you know what? I don't need a man. I am going to like walk around my house naked and not shave my legs for six or seven years and just try to like figure out my life. And so 
I enrolled my son in September and I was going to join not long after him. This was 2011, but I actually got chronic fatigue syndrome and I was like out of service for a long time. It was freaky scary and I was super exhausted all the time, but eventually it worked its way through. And I think end of December, mid-December, I joined. And so he, at the time, I didn't really know anything about my husband other than like he was the head instructor and he's cute, right? Like, cause obviously I wasn't going to like, you know, I didn't pursue him cause he was ugly. Right. And he was like mildly funny, you know, he thinks he's very funny, but we'll go with mildly. And I just remember being like, you know, he's reasonably attractive and, and I'm starting to get healthy and lose weight. I'm feeling pretty good about myself, you know? So I just, I like, I totally booty called like I did. And I, you know, I, I, I should be more ashamed of that than I am. But like, I'm the person who didn't have sex until I was married the first time. So I have a very like few number of partners. So this was so completely out of character for me that I can't, like, I really can't even figure out what was going through my head at the time. <laughs> and the, the funny part was that like, I was really sure that I didn't like him so that I had no concerns that a relationship would develop, that it would just be like a, you know, maybe a one or two or three and done type of thing right. and whatever. And, you know, and we talked about it and he was, he was very professional. He's like, no, I don't know about like with a student. And I was like, no, you know, it's cool. Like I'm, I'm not like that. And if, if we break up or we stop doing it for some reason, it's awkward. Like I can go train somewhere else and like, don't sweat it. I'm an adult. Like we, we can handle this. That's fine. And so we did that for like a while. And then I think we both started to like realize that like, you know, when you're six months into the booty call, it might not be a booty call anymore, <laughs> yeah, we, right? We may like, have moved on a little. <laughs> so, right, we might have moved on. And so we actually took a two-week break from physical activities to just date and see if we liked each other as much as we kind of thought that we did. And then um, Sandy, the hurricane rolled through the East Coast and um, we were over his apartment. And by then, like my son knew that we were, were dating. Mm-hmm. And so I just jokingly said to him, you know, ha ha ha, there goes the power. You know, if we, st- if we don't kill each other in the next couple of hours, like we might actually have a relationship here. <laughs> and uh, we didn't have power for eight days. <gasps> oh my you know? gosh. And so it was insane. So it was like super cold at night and we're like, parking cars at like public libraries to leech Wi-Fi and download episodes of Lost because like we don't have anything else to do with our lives (laughs) and the whole thing like you know it's done after eight days and then we were just like holy crap like not only did we not kill each other but like we helped each other get through this in like pretty fundamental ways he had aquatic turtles at the time and he didn't have heat apartment and they started hibernating but my apartment had gas heat so we were able to go there boiled water rescue the turtle like i mean it was like a whole you know crazy ridiculous thing and yeah and so then no joke because i'm a nerd i gave him a powerpoint presentation about how much money we could save by living together and (laughs) then when my lease was up we moved in together i I love that that <laughs> that like is so superior to just a pro con list. It's like right, it's a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> a PowerPoint presentation. And I think he was like super impressed that I had like at the time had hooked it up through his television. It was back before it was really easy to hook right. know, electronics up to your TV and stuff. So I was like, you know, look, I have skills, you know. Um Yeah. So and that was that. And we so we moved into his apartment, put all my stuff in storage and then after a year when things were still good, I like got rid of all my stuff in storage and, and that was that. Nice. So as a gym owner, cause you know, we have a couple of gyms ourselves. Does, you know, you guys getting together, does that affect your policy on like coaches and students dating at all? 
so we don't really have to worry about this at the moment because we only have four coaches, including me. One of them is my now 17-year-old son who just helps with the kids' classes. The other one is my husband and the other guy's married. So thankfully, this is like yeah. not really something that we have to concern ourselves with. But even when Gary and I were quote-unquote seeing each other, and I'm pretty sure everybody knew we were seeing each other <laughs> even though we thought we were being super sly of about course. it. Um, we, like the school is is off limits. And even as a married couple, we like, we joke around like no sexy time at the school. Like (laughs) at at the very most, even when we're alone in the building, it's like a quick peck on the lips, like the school is sacred ground. And I think that as long as we had other adults that could operate under the same premises, we would probably be okay with that. But just like anything else, if you identify a cancer in your space, you kill that right. You have to. So yeah, definitely. That's very interesting. So, you, you know, we've, we've been open, our gym's been open about 20 years. So we have some pretty strict policies on coaches dating students because we've had issues yeah. in the past. So right, of course, of course, right. All policies, all policies are born from going haywire, right? Like, it's not like we have rules just for the sake of having rules. Right. We have rules because that happened once and it was not and good. It didn't right? go well. so. Exactly. Exactly. And then it was a problem. And then it's like, well, now this is a policy. So yes, Correct. absolutely. Correct. Okay. Do you remember when we first met? Oh, putting you on the spot. I feel like <laughs> maybe we met at a New York Open. Very close. It was Nogi Pants. 2014. Nogi Pants. Yep. Oh, I, so I knew it was New York yeah. and I knew it was IBJJF, yep. but I didn't. It's so funny. Before we got on the call, I'm like, I didn't fight her at the 2014 New York Summer Open, did I? And I'm like Googling real quick. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no, no, that was was that. Okay. Like, I just, because, uh, you know, for a while, we were all in Masters ones, and we were just all thrown together, yeah. and it was, you know, yeah. so it was the Wild West. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we actually um, we didn't compete against each other, but we were in the same Open, and so um, yeah, after the podium, I think you had won, and I got third, and you, you know, introduced yourself, and you were just so nice, and I feel like it was the first time that, like, after a tournament. I made a friend, you know, like it was just the first time that, yeah, you know, like just sometimes before then, like now I I feel like I make friends all the time at tournaments, but, Uh but at that point, like I I was still somewhat newer to competing and it still felt like a, a very, you know, polarizing thing. Um, but yeah, you were just so nice. And I was like, I love this girl. <laughs> she was so sweet to me. Well, it's been mutual over the years. It's very mutual over the years. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm like, a. that's my part of the reason my MMA name is Scare Bears because Scare Bears. A, I like Care Bears more than any 37 year old should like Care Bears. <laughs> and and B, because like as people are always like, oh, you're so intimidating, right? Like, and I, I think I just have like this really sort of <laughs> on my face all the time without really intending to. But I'm a hugger. Like every tournament, I'm like, hi, let's be friends. Are you from New Jersey? I haven't opened that one. <laughs> Yay! I love let's that. cuddle, you know. And every once in a while, I encounter an opponent who's totally not down for it, and I'm like, oh, get over yourself. <laughs> Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually I only once had a bad experience where like I was I felt like I was friends with the girl going into the tournament and then um I beat her and she was so hateful afterwards. Like for months. She kept posting online about it. She was writing articles about it. Like she was not happy that she lost to me. And it was just the strangest thing. I was like, this is not who we are as a community. Like I, I don't know. Right. I, I just thought it was really like it was at one one match, girl. Like get over it. 
<laughs> it's funny you say that because I have a friend that I came up with who's just a little bit behind me rank wise. And at my very first tournament in the gi, when I finally decided, hey, I'm going to do this gi thing, even if I just do no gi stuff in the gi, <laughs> we went up against each other. And at the time, she would get real salty when she lost. Like anytime she lost to somebody, she would unfriend them and she would oh block gosh. them. And I had just so much anxiety going into the tournament because I'm like, we're still going to be. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god it's just a tournament yeah. we still laugh about it to this day because we weren't super close at the time and we've gotten closer over the years and we now we look back and we kind of giggle i'm like Poof, i dodged your purge list back in the day when you <laughs> get really oh. yeah it, it really like because i've always hated fighting friends and you know like it's gonna happen you you come up together it's we're still a small community you're gonna fight your friends and i've always Correct. hated doing it and it's you know because of instances like that, you know, like, like, that's why I don't like fighting friends. It sucks afterwards. Not always. Sometimes right. it's great. You know, I just fought a girl a couple months ago in, in Nashville and we've been friends forever and we're still just as good of friends. Like it didn't change anything. <laughs> right. Like it's like five, six minutes. We had, um, I remember when I did, uh, Nogi pans at purple belt, uh, Doug Klein, the photographer caught a picture of me with the rest of my division and we're all sitting in the like bullpen waiting to get called out. We're all going to have to fight each other. And we're like clearly BSing and having a great time. Yeah, like yeah. we're just, you know, like it's just going to be a six minute match. Cause I had to fight adult that day, which by the way sucked, uh -huh. but yeah, you know, it was like, well, whatever, six, seven minutes and then life is over and you know, all things move on. It's just not a big deal. Right. right? Yep, it's just jujitsu. <laughs> Can I ask how old are you? I am 37. I turned 38 in January. Okay, nice. Very nice. Yeah. I'm I'm 40, so I'm just... Enjoying my time at Masters 2. Yes. I'm, I'm In January, I get to enter into Masters 3, so I'm real excited about that. Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Where there's even less people. Right. Exactly. Where I'll still go down to like one because there's no one to fight against. So like how many Masters right. does That's that make me? You're Masters 4. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Jen has only done local tournaments so far, so of course she's only fighting adults. Right. Um, <laughs> right. And, uh, but I think we're going to are they adults? For. Because they feel even younger than that to me. I as, know. I have to yeah. tell you, this last weekend I did Naga mm -hmm. and there was nobody at my age and weight. And so they gave me somebody in the 40-year-old division who is 30 pounds heavier, who I've gone against quite a few times because she often doesn't have a competitor. Right. And then they gave me somebody down at adult at 139. And I'm like, she's half my age. <laughs> like, for the love of God. Right? <laughs> exactly. You know, and it's like, I not only, but not only is she half my age, but she's only a year and a half older than my son. Oh. And it starts to get like really weird at that point. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I'm assaulting someone else's child and I'm going to stand on a podium and celebrate myself for it when it's over. Right. I'm very excited. We for live this. a weird world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very strange. Well, um, recently at a tournament, Jen had to fight one, the not only a friend, but kind of the girl that got her into jujitsu. Right. Who is also <laughs> 17 years younger than you. <laughs> yeah. 17 nice. years younger. So, you know, like it was all the things like she, she's basically fighting a child and <laughs> and, the, and a friend. So, yeah, it's it's tough. It's it's very tough. Yeah. But we made it through that. Do you have problems at all <laughs> nerves wise with competing? Not anymore. So when I first started, I did. And when I came back from my time off with this pregnancy, I actually had a lot of anxiety. And so the way I took care of it the first time was to just overcompete. I sometimes did four tournaments a month. So I was competing every weekend. Nice. And I would compete 
at whatever weight I was walking at. And I would compete whether I felt well or I didn't, not like contagious unwell, right. but just not wanting to compete or whatever. And I just got to the point where once I started to realize, wow, like nobody is watching me and nobody cares, right? Like my crew cares and my people care. And, and that's wonderful. I, I appreciate that. But at the end of the day, like I am paying my money to take home a $5 medal. Right. And that is the end of the, the whole thing. Right. Um, coming back from pregnancy was different because I had put on so much weight due to a complicated pregnancy and decided to that for myself in terms of getting my weight down and also for my son and my daughter and the, the kids at our school, I felt it was important that they see me compete even at 185 pounds super sloppy as I was coming down from having gained all that weight. And not only that, I did no deep hands and not only that, there were no masters. So I went down to adult and it was terrible. (laughs) And I had a lot of anxiety about being on the bottom and having people on top of me, a at the higher weight, those girls are legit strong. Mm -hmm. They're not sloppy heavy. Like I was coming down from pregnancy. They're just either super tall or, you know, built whatever. And I think that because I got my Brown belt, officially during my pregnancy. Like I didn't really feel like I had broken it in at all before I went out. And I had a pretty good record grappling wise before I went out and I felt the pressure of that coming back. And a lot of my game is to play inverted and uh, newsflash when you're 185 pounds, you choke on your own fat. It's no, no bueno. So I had to learn how to play differently and how to develop other things. And so there was a lot of anxiety with that. And then once I got over myself, because anxiety is just like a nice way of saying you have an ego problem with potentially losing. I really think that that's ultimately the case. Once I got over that, my game sort of exploded because I had to adapt to this whole different body. And then when I got back down to being normal sized me, I had, I got to keep all those new skills, but I, I thankfully lost the anxiety of just feeling like I was choking all of the time. Yeah. So that was, that was a good thing. That's awesome. Now, usually I'm just more worried about the other people competing that day. And if Gary will be able to make it over to my ring while he's coaching the other students. And it's not really a big deal if he can't, but he gets disappointed if he doesn't watch the match. And so, you know, there's just all of those logistics of being coaches and competitors Uh simultaneously that make for headaches. Yeah. How has that affected your competition? Like being a coach, do you think it takes away from your ability to train for competition? Uh, Well, so I think it's inevitable that as you move up in rank, depending on the rank of your students that are coming in, that it gets harder to find people that can give you good training, right? Not in the sense that it's not worthwhile to roll with lower ranked people. It's absolutely worthwhile. I can work things that are new to me. It makes for good roles with those people. But in terms of testing my A game, in terms of getting ready for the tournament, my husband is my best rolling partner and my son's getting pretty gosh darn good too. So thankfully for us, like, we can just go over to the school because like we own it (laughs) (laughs) and we can just family train, you know, we can bounce the baby between, you know, whoever's sitting out and we can just, you know, go for it. Um, So in that aspect, it's not so bad, but just between juggling family life and school life and work life, like I used to train five, six days a week and now I train two to three and I'm totally cool with it. It's, it's working for me. So going back to the Facebook group a little bit, um, like how do you how do you kind of tr- how do you, <laughs> I'm so glad I can edit this uh, <laughs> gosh what has been as a moderator what has been one of the most challenging things about trying to foster that culture of support and encouragement and empowerment you want people to have an opinion 
and and a point of view. Yes. But kind of walking that line of, you know, don't be a jerk about it. Yeah, it's it's so it's it's one of those things and Jesse and I talk about it often, but it's like God, if we like, I don't understand why the rule can't just be don't be a and like that's just it. And everybody just just understood what that meant and like followed along. But it's the internet, right? And so we have to understand that there are going to be delicate subjects and there are going to be opinionated people on those delicate subjects. And some of them are going to be people whose opinions I'd rather flush down a toilet, (laughs) right? And so it's trying to keep all of it together. For example, often one of the topics we get is the transgender topic, right? And as a geneticist, like these are things that I have some knowledge on. I'm not a complete subject matter expert, but I probably have more than the guy watching Fox News, right? Right. Just a little bit. (laughs) And so it's like trying to figure out how to say like, it is completely acceptable for a member of the group to say, I don't want to go up against a transgendered woman because that's fine. I don't want to fight a child. There are, everybody doesn't want to fight somebody. So people are allowed to say that. That, that. When we talk about personal freedom, you have a right to choose what you do. Right. You're just not allowed to phrase that opinion in a way that makes someone else feel not good about themselves. Mm-hmm. And so when I read a comment and I look at it, I go, does this make me not like you? Like, <laughs> would I consider hitting you? And if the answer is yes... Then I either delete the comment or make a post or, you know, depending on where it's going, right? Yeah. Like when people start getting into the like super uneducated, you know, we're talking about a transgender woman and they keep calling her a he, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. no, you can't do that here, right? Like you have a Facebook page. Here <laughs> we're going to honor who people are, right? And that's just going to be it. But it, it makes for this like weird line too when people apply for access to the group because. We only allow women in the group. Mm-hmm. And then the question is, where is the line for that in 2019? How far down the path of transitioning do you need to be for me to approve your membership to a female grappling group? Right. Being fair to you as identifying as female, but being fair to the females in the group because maybe you don't seem so committed to that. Like I just looked through your pictures and two weeks ago you weren't identifying as a female. And so like I have to weigh the benefit of you know, allowing you into the group and the effect it might have on the other members and how polarizing that event might be. And it's it's not always an easy call. Right. No. And bless you for even, you know, like, I mean, really like taking the time to do it and 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 letting it weigh on you. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. t- like taking it like that responsibility. It's, it's crazy. It like will irk me. Yeah. I'll put my phone down. I'm like, ugh. Gary's like, your group, huh? I'm like, I don't even want to talk about it right now. Give me a little bit to think about it. I mean, I do that and I'm not a moderator. (laughs) I actually wouldn't have Facebook anymore. I I believe it. And And then it's also the balance of like, I grew up on the internet back when it was primarily, you know, nerds on the internet. And so... There were rules back in the day for like forum based stuff. You know, mm-hmm. you should search before you read. We don't <laughs> want to read your post if we just read it the other day. Right. Yeah. Like so. And and it's like, oh, my God, is it really another period cup post? <laughs> O.M.G. I can't even deal with this right now, you know. And so I try to like make light of it to the extent like so we made the rule that if somebody has posted about it in the last 48 hours, your post will get deleted, which I think is fair. Yes. And then. You know, you can't go much more than that because, A, 
searching on the internet, like who's on their phone trying to search the form? It's not really set up for that Facebook wise. Yeah, so right. I don't want to say that like, you know, you should be able to find the post from 2013 because that information is probably outdated anyway and whatever. And so like we're trying to be fair with not making the subjects come up over and over and over again. But also to be fair to the new people, like, yeah, you know, you would have had to dig pretty hard to find that. So it's okay that you post it again. And then in the in-between, just to sort of bring everyone's attention to the fact that it happens, anytime there's a post that I don't like, I'm like, I'll take 10 period cut posts over this. Like, you know, just as like a <laughs> reminder, guys. Use the first one. Right? I have seen you post that. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, how much, uh, one, extra work, but also... I don't know, weight has starting to do the anonymous posts been for you? So I, at first it was really hard because I, I was very upset. So the event that prompted anonymous posting was a woman came into the group and, and posted a very deep post that she basically felt taken advantage of by a teammate. She didn't come all the way out necessarily. And I'm trying to remember because it's been a while, but I don't recall her really painting it as I, I guess what we would call overt rape. But as a woman, we know that there are not, there's still other forms of non-consensual sex that are certainly a little more gray than just, you know, the standard. Right. Yeah. And so she had gone on a date with a guy and the guy was a little too forward. And she, she made it seem like she was clear about, she wasn't interested and, and things happened that she didn't want to happen. Mm -hmm. Right. She didn't list her school. She didn't list the guy. And so fine. I like, I'm not, I have to be careful about letting people point fingers right. in a too particular way. Mm -hmm. Right. Because as a business owner, I'm sure you guys understand, like there's gotta be some line right. somewhere, right? We can't, it's a member, it's a group of 8,000 people. There's power in that to destroy someone's livelihood. And so we have to try to be fair on that end. Yeah. And so this woman's post didn't bother me, though. I read it. I didn't think anything was really identifying in it. I wasn't friends with her. I went to her profile, couldn't really figure out where she trained, which I felt was probably a good thing. Right. And, you know, great. So she needs help. She needs support. I am overwhelmed and upset by the women who are like, basically like you asked for it because, hi, it's 2019 and yeah. <laughs> yeah. we're going to be a little more supportive than that, right. right? Like, come on now. And then somebody well-known in the BJJ community uh, it got screenshotted and sent to that person mm -hmm. who then shared it as an Instagram story and blasted this poor girl, <sighs> didn't remove her identity, blasted this poor girl for her post. And so let's just take a step back. Yes, it's a closed group. I understand we have quite a few people in it. I understand that at any point in time, somebody can screenshot and move stuff out of the group. We don't like when people do that. We don't allow people to do that, but I, I can't control people right. doing yeah. that. But our reach is limited in the sense that we are a group of women for women by women and it's an internal community. I don't often see much of our stuff floating around in other places. I think for the most part, we have a pretty good community as far as that goes. Yeah. Um, but hello, popular person in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Yes. When you post it in your Instagram story, now it's viral. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Like the one thing you were complaining about this woman doing, you did. Yeah. It wasn't a problem until you did that. And I was furious, absolutely furious because no, you, nobody should be sharing the content from our group outside of the group, right? right. Like mm -hmm. that's the point. It's supposed to be a safe space for women. But again, when 
the few women in the group get all up in arms and mad at me because someone else took a screenshot. I'm like, yeah, it's the internet. Right. Like, yeah, I, yes. If you can send me a screenshot of proof of somebody saying, yes, I took that picture and I sent it to so-and-so I'll ban them, but I can't stop them from rejoining under a different name and claiming they trained at a different school. Like there's, oh, I'm not the FBI. Right. I can only do <laughs> so much. And it bothers me. It makes me sad. It makes me upset. And so as a result of that, I opened up the ability for folks to make anonymous posts. I felt like it would help let women share their, their issues without the necessarily the blowback. Um, but initially when I did it, I was letting, like I would share the anonymous post. So at first people in the group can't read the first two words that say anonymous post. And they think it's a story about me. I get messages all the time about how I could do better in whatever situation. And I'm like, Hi, it says anonymous. Okay, it's for me. How it starts. Me. Oh, brutal. Reading is so hard. So I'm like, at the beginning, people would message me and want to send a message to the person who made the anonymous post, like a way to be supportive, right? Super awesome. Makes me very happy. And so I do this. And after the first week, I have no time to do anything else of my life other than play messenger right. between mm-hmm. person A and person B. Yeah. So immediately I was like, you know what? When you make an anonymous post, you forego the ability to get messages from other people. Like they can post publicly in a thread and obviously you should be following the thread, but I can't be a go-between. Like I don't have that kind of time on my hands. For sure. So when I got rid of that, then it was better because now basically people just message me and I look it over and once in a while I'll write back to them like, does this really need to be anonymous? Like... I get you might be like mildly embarrassed that like, you know, you farted while somebody was doing a drill, but like, it's just really the sort of thing, that, you know? Um, so I do try to push back because I feel like the ability to post anonymously really should be limited to um, stuff like the sexual assault stuff, but also my teammates are in the group and they'll know it's me or, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't complain about this thing without Sally who trains with me knowing that I'm talking about her right. because she's the one who's being a pain in the ass. Right. So yeah, you know, other than, you know, that sort of stuff is fine. But um, yeah, once in a while I get something, I'm like, no, I don't really think that needs to be anonymous. You just need to decide whether it's important to you or not and post it yourself, you know? Right. So, but yeah, no, I think overall it's been a good thing. It did, it did have the effect of having a lot of assault stories come out at the very beginning um, which I think was great because it allowed the community to really help people that needed it. And then, of course, because there's 8,000 people, you know, there's somebody who's like, I'm tired of reading all this depressing shit about blah, 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 blah. I thought this was for Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And it's like, you know what? Go find another group. Yeah. Like, I don't have time for you. We're going to let women have support here where there's a, a pretty awesome group of women yep. to do that for them. So yeah, bite me yeah. seriously. We're a community. Like that's what we do for each other, right? Like, right. We do things other than Brazilian jiu-jitsu. We're not robots. Exactly. So we're gonna, you know. Yeah. So just on the follow-up of, of that first post that ended up going viral, have you talked to the girl that made the first post? Like, is she okay? Is she still training? Like, I spoke to her after everything happened and I apologized to her, explained to her that was obviously wouldn't, not something that I would tolerate. And if I knew who did it, they would be gone. Right. But that this is the risk of the internet. And I've made a few posts about this, about how that, you know, the ultimate self-defense, right, mm-hmm. is not posting things on the internet because it's a public space as much as we try to keep it private. Um, she was obviously frustrated, upset, but not at us, you know, yeah. at whoever did it. So I think she was just also a little frustrated because it was not 
I, at least certainly I am, you know, I don't know her personally and I didn't speak to her on the phone, but based on my interactions with her, I never got the impression that she was looking to screw over her school or the guy. It was more just, she was dealing with the aftermath of it and what should she do? And she was just looking for guidance. I didn't take it as like, uh, we had sex and now I regret it thing, right. you know, which was how some of the women in the group seemed to read it. And I just, I never got that reading on it myself. Um, and I didn't permit them to voice that because I felt that was right. just keep scrolling, right? You don't have to post on everything. Yeah. It's not yeah. a big deal. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, I can't imagine how difficult, uh, you know, the situation was not from just from the first start, but just from getting attacked afterwards, you know, like from. Correct. From to internet. be a victim all over yeah, again, exactly. right? That's Terrible. Rough. It's real rough. It sucks. So I, I really appreciate you taking on the anonymous post and kind of helping the women have a voice in it with it, with an additional safety net. Yeah. So far so good, right? Knock on wood. I, certainly I'm not passing anything on to anyone else. I, I, don't, even know, I don't know any of these people. Right. right. I'm, I'm actually, if anything, I'm, I'm honestly sort of flattered and in awe that people are comfortable telling me with their name attached to what's going on and trust that I'm not going to betray them in that way. And, you know, just in case anyone's worried, I have like a 24 alphanumeric special character password to Facebook. So like I, I treat it very seriously that people are sending me their private stuff and, and, and act accordingly with it. We all appreciate that. At least, yeah. at least most of 8,000 women do. Right. <laughs> the, girls, the girls in the group do. So I appreciate that. Um, okay. So I once saw that you said that moving to a vegan diet was one of the best things you've ever done. Can you tell us about that? Like what made you do it and why is it one of the best things you've ever done? So I was a filet mignon for dinner every night kind of gal. Like, I feel like that's important to say because <laughs> when people hear that you're vegan, they're like, oh, you tree hugging hippie. You've always been this way. No, I was a carnivore. I was a carnivore of carnivores all of the time. And I, you know, my first uh, weight loss when I started BJJ, I was like 210 and I competed in my, like six months later at 135, which was insane, by the way. And Dang. I would never recommend that somebody does that. I did really unhealthy things to do that. Um, and so my weight just always sort of fluctuated. And I think a lot of people early in their BJJ careers where they see that being at a lower weight is important, but don't really understand how to live a healthy lifestyle, do a lot of like basically eating disorder type stuff where you're like binging or you're purging or you're anorexic or you're like... Right people are starving themselves of calories and all of that nonsense. Right. And I went down for MMA. I went as low as 115, wow. um, which was yeah. Bonkers <laughs> by the way, totally worth it. Cause the girl was a jerk and it was fun to hit her, but <laughs> totally bonkers. I love that. So we were like always looking for ways to, my husband has been my, my training dummy in terms of diets. And I was like, I would read something and I'd be like, we're going to try this diet for two weeks. We had one where like I followed the recipe for the salad and it was in like this tremendous Tupperware container. And Gary's like, okay, that's for the week. I'm like, get lunch tomorrow. <laughs> and it was our first time eating raw kale, either of us. And he texts me from work the next day. And he's like, kale's not so bad. And then I get another text five minutes later. Never mind. Still chewing. Same piece. Never mind. <laughs> so like we tried all sorts of nonsense. And it got to the point where when I was fighting all the time and I was having trouble getting MMA fights, I really had to walk like 125, which is really hard yeah. for me because I am like a fat kid of fat kids. <laughs> I love food so much. And so for me to walk, you know, a good 15 pounds lower than I like to walk. Um, 
I was like, okay, I got to figure out how I'm going to do this. And there's just only so much grilled chicken and broccoli a girl can eat without wanting to like never touch either of them ever Mm -hmm. again. And so at the time, my husband and I got into watching all sorts of documentaries on Netflix and we came across uh, Fat, Sick and Nearly Dead. It was about a you know a guy who is overweight and super unhealthy on a ton of drugs and he juices for 60 days and loses all this weight and now he's vegan and blah, 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 whatever. So fine. So we watched this. I'm like, all right, like that's kind of interesting. Like we'd like to learn more about that. And so we, we went on like a documentary binge of all things at the time. And this was God, 2015, I want to say. And I was getting ready for pans. Uh, I was going out there with two friends that wanted to do it and I didn't really care about it because I still didn't train very much in the game. But I was like, well, if I'm going, I might as well compete because why not? And if I'm going to compete, I might as well get feather. Brutal. And that was the dumbest thing I've ever done. I had to be so low all the time because of the mat sideways. It's totally not Uh worth it. And so we watched all of the documentaries and I said to Gary, I was like, when we get back, let's try two weeks of this vegan thing. And he's like, I don't know, turkey bacon. I'm like, yep, I know. But like, let's try And so, you know, we get home and we did a bunch of research and decided that because we had a lot of processed food in our diet, so we would do five days of just straight juicing, and then we would do two weeks of of veganism. We wanted to clean our palates, clean our systems, and then launch into it rather than like be super crazy for foods while we were just trying the new diet. The juicing was super hard. Gary is not addictive. I am very addictive. And by day four, he was like, just one piece of bread and I was like yeah no 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 we have one more day to go and the juices were terrible they were like beet ginger orange and oh brutal so I don't know what we were thinking but whatever so then we did two weeks of veganism and I have to tell you we both lost 10 pounds dang we both felt awesome I mean awesome energy levels through the roof mental clarity felt great and we're just like you know there's no way that all of this is just from this change, you know? So we were very skeptical of it, but the longer we stayed on it and the longer we felt that way, the less we found ourselves wanting meat. So we are not vegans for ethical reasons. So that's important to us. We're vegans for selfish reasons. We feel better this way. So we (laughs) eat this way and you eat what you want to eat because I understand biology is biology and we're the top of the food chain. So if you want a cow, you go get yourself a cow and that's fine. Um, And so like over time, we just stayed off it longer and longer. And we're now at the point where like even watching, you know, the cooking shows, MasterChef, Top Chef, because I like watching people get yelled at. um, (laughs) It doesn't even look appetizing. Like I'm just not interested. I remember eating it. I remember it tasting good, but I don't want it. That's good. And there are like every once in a while, like I'll see something that I used to really like, like Wendy's chicken nuggets. Right. And I'm like, hmm. Nobody's like stopping me. I mean, all of my non-vegan friends would be thrilled if I had a Wendy's chicken nugget. But other than that, there's no major consequence to me having one. Yeah. I just don't. I never pull the trigger on it. I never get to the point of being like, yeah, let's do it. Um, when we vacation, we vacation vegetarian because it's almost impossible to veg- uh, to do vegan on vacation. Um, and so then I'm like Pizza Hut all day, every day. Get in my belly. Um, <laughs> I love Pizza Hut. I love Pizza Hut. Um, But yeah, you know, like, um, and we're not 100% vegan because I don't like agave. So I make banana oatmeal pancakes for breakfast every morning and I drizzle honey on them. So it's like real vegans don't consider me a vegan, but meat eaters aren't willing to accept me into their crowd. So, you know, here I am. Okay. So first I have to tell you that Wendy's chicken nuggets are not very good. So don't feel like you're missing anything there. Um, (laughs) And is, is, I find it funny, like, 
um, that when we don't do something that our friends do, that they feel somehow like, you know, like you said, your friends would celebrate if you ate a chicken nugget. Like, isn't it weird that people like just want you to be like them in some way? Like, you know. So over time, Gary and I have come to the conclusion that though we call those people friends, they're probably not. Yeah. Right. Like if it's important to me and I feel good doing the thing that I'm doing, even if it's different from what you're doing, if it's not affecting you directly, then like, why do you care? What's the problem? And if you're wishing for me to fail, are you really part of my tribe? Because I'm kind of thinking you're probably not, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, I was listening to a podcast this morning where they were talking about like how people that push food or drink on someone else, like why they do it. And they were saying, you know, like, well, if I if I offer you a drink and you don't take it, then I feel like the rest of us aren't going to have as much fun because you're not drinking. And right. I was just appalled. Like, I just thought it was so awful. Like, how are you? You're not a friend. Like, that's, <laughs> like, Correct. you know, I just thought that was. I think that's the only conclusion you can draw, yeah. truthfully. Yeah. yeah, that's a very good point. So I, I just couldn't believe listening to it and like hearing everybody give their reasoning of why. And it was all very self-centered. You know, selfish. it was, it was, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, it's selfish. All totally selfish. Yep, it's how it makes them feel. I have an actual friend, like one that is supportive of my life endeavors, mm -hmm. who is actively dieting and has a family member who will like, like a spouse that will consistently push dessert. Yeah. And they're like, I'm trying to lose weight. And the spouse is like, oh, you're no fun. Mm -hmm. uh. Like, Hey, F you, buddy. Like, come on. That's not cool. I have family members that are vegan and vegetarian, and it's astounding to me how many other family members try to get them to eat meat. Like, all the time. Like, it's fine. It's just chicken. You can eat it. Like, well, they don't eat meat. We had to have a long talk with our, uh, with our parents because my son, um, he eats meat still. And I'll buy like, um, for the most part, actually at my house, he probably doesn't really have any. He uses like Amy's frozen meals because he's a teenager and doesn't want to socialize with his parents. <laughs> and other than that, like we have a couple of breakfast burritos in the in the freezer that probably do have meat in them. So he does like he likes when I cook a meat free dinner, he will eat with us. Yeah. My daughter, she came into the world. I was vegan through pregnancy. Well, vegetarian, you know, right. and so she's eats like we do you know look when we go camping and we eat out i will knock down a grilled cheese like nobody's business and baby girl will knock down a grilled cheese right along right alongside <laughs> me but when we're home she eats brown rice with you know uh broccoli and black beans and it's it's heavily seasoned with like cayenne and she's all about it you know and so we have a long talk with family we're like do not put meat in our child's hands. If you do, you will not see child. Exactly. Right? Like, exactly. You, you need to respect us as the parents. Like, don't give my kid hot Right. Dogs. My pediatrician's <laughs> on board with what I'm doing. I make sure that the doctor is aware and we discuss exactly what we eat to make sure we're covering all of the food groups. Thankfully, I do have enough, you know, educational background to make sure that we're well balanced in, in those aspects. And we see our doctors once a year and get the proper lab test to make sure that, you know, we're doing everything right. Yeah. But like, yeah. You know, and it's funny because I would post pictures of like the crazy food because I was that obsessive mom that like made the food from scratch because <laughs> I have all that spare time in my day to yeah, do that. what else are you doing? And, <laughs> and like his mom would post something to Facebook and one of her friends would be like, get that kid some chicken nuggets. And it's like, ugh, <sighs> for real dog. What are you doing, man? You're killing me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like we're giving her healthy food. She's like, you know, in the correct place on the growth charts. We're not going to have her have an unhealthy relationship with food like I did. Right. 
we're not teaching her she can't eat crap. We're just trying to teach her that most of the time you shouldn't. Yeah. And that healthy food is delicious. You know, like you're not teaching her gross. This is broccoli Mm -hmm. or, you know, like, yeah. Right. We're not like, okay, no meat and also no seasoning. That's the diet we follow. That's not how it goes at all. Right. Jillian, we have one more quick thing. We usually try to leave our uh, gang with an on-the-mat tip and an off-the-mat tip. Do you have um, one for either of those? Uh, Beyond, don't be a... Okay, um, so so I would say that my on-the-mat tip is not technique-based, but is just a reminder that your journey is your journey. And comparing yourself to other people will only make you miserable and resentful towards them and will damage your relationships with your teammates. Be happy when your teammates are promoted and be happy when you're promoted. And if you don't have people supporting you, then find better people to hang out with. I love that. For off the mat, probably all of that applies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I would say that for off the mat, the, the big thing that we've been working on in our house is realizing that we don't need as much as we think we need. And many of the things that we thought we needed were just things we wanted. And we're finding that by decluttering our lives of all of this non-essential stuff, uh, we're much happier all around. That's great. I love both those. Thank you very much. Yeah. We appreciate that. It's been sure. a blast talking to you. Thank you very much for coming on today. Yeah, you bet. Can I can I plug my open mat? Please do. <laughs> plug, cool? plug your open mat. Give okay. us any like, you know, social media you want people to follow you on, anything like that. Oh, yeah, well, social media. <laughs> Spend less time on social media. That's my advice to everybody. <laughs> I would I would have already un- uninstalled Facebook if not for the group. I, I feel like, you know. Um, so once a month in Central Jersey at my husband's school, Brazen Martial Arts, we host the ladies open mat for two hours, one hour gi, one hour no gi, but we invite folks to come who train only one or the other and we will accommodate you either way. We are a kid-friendly space. People bring their children, they're on tablets, uh, up front, we have a sitting area. Like we love ladies, we play obnoxious music, we talk crap and we have a good time. And if you don't like rolling in a library, you'll probably really enjoy our open mat. Perfect. It's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> That's awesome. We rotate our, our weekends because we try to be um, aware of the tournament schedule mm-hmm. in the area. So I do once a month and it's always a Sunday from 12 to 2, but the Sunday itself tends to rotate. So the easiest way for people to get in touch with me is either to shoot me a message on Facebook and uh, or friend request me and I'll just put them on the invite list when the event goes out and then that way they'll get it. Great. Great. Thank you very much. I'm going to try and make a trip out there. We we drive to New York a few times a year to do seminars and stuff like uh, James does. So I'm going to try and make it a trip where we can do a seminar and then come through and do your open mat. Oh, that would be awesome. I would love that. You let me know in advance too when you're coming out this way and I can look ahead to that month. I usually do them on a month by month basis, but I generally have an idea of when they're going to be well in advance. I just don't like to put too much information on the internet. Like, here are the next 72 open mat dates. And people are like, my head's going to explode, you know. Perfect. (laughs) We appreciate you very much. Thanks for all you do for the the women's jujitsu community. And it was great to talk to you today. So that was so much fun. I had a blast. I had a blast doing that. I'm so glad that she was able to come on. Me too. She's amazing and hilarious. I'm sure editing will be a ton of fun because <laughs> <laughs> just that the, you know, um, we try to keep it somewhat PG 13. So she might use some words that we don't. So 
Um, but I really liked, like she said a lot of things that we talk about a lot on the podcast, yes. which I think is great. She talked about it being your journey, mm-hmm. right? Like you get to choose who you want to compete against or roll against. I mean, you know, you get to choose if you don't want to, right? right. And say like, I'm, I'm not going to compete against that person and that's fine, but don't be a jerk about it. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. She talked about uh, not comparing yourself to others. Oh, my. Which it wasn't that long ago that we did an episode on that. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, celebrating your your teammates when they get promoted, celebrating yes. yourself when you get promoted. Like, I just love that. That's that's some stuff we've been talking about. So that's really good. I think this is probably one of our longest. This might be the longest episode on record so far. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people ask us for longer episodes. Mm-hmm. Um for the most part, we just, we don't want to ramble, right? right. We, we don't want it to be something where you're like, oh my God, they're still talking. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this was very engaging um, and enlightening and educational. And I yes. just used a lot of E words. It was all um, of those things. It was all of them though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so I think, you know, I think it's going to be, I think everyone's going to really enjoy it. And hopefully they'll share it with a friend. Shout out to all the Women's Grappling Network ladies that have- yes that maybe this is their first episode of them getting to hear us. So go back into the archives, check out some of the old episodes. Episode six, which is the downward spiral, is one of my favorites for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got some on competing and comparing yourself to others. And yeah, so just, you know, go back, dive in a little bit into the catalog and I hope you enjoy it. And if you want more, you can also go to our YouTube channel, Beauty and the Gee Podcast. So the podcasts are available there. So if you have a friend and they're like, I don't know how to do this podcasting thing, send them the link to YouTube because people will listen to podcasts on YouTube. And we're going to be adding some videos on there as well. So we are really looking to grow that channel and just have it as another place. We all need more jujitsu in our lives, right? So more. More. Just more. More. And you can also hang out with us on Instagram. You will find us there at Beauty and the Gee Podcast. I'm also there as Brassy Broad Jen and typically post a lot of pictures of Finley, the Finn turn, the sweetest dog ever. She's so sweet. And I'm AJ Klingerman on Instagram, now that I know my name. AJ Klingerman. It's not that hard, sorry. <laughs> Uh, And I also, most of my pictures are jujitsu, but I do have a very handsome Doberman named Moose, which I love to post pictures of as well. Yeah. So find us out there, send us a message and just introduce yourself. Say hi. Yeah. Let's be friends. And we will see you on On the the mat. mat. Welcome to Beauty and the Gee. The... (laughs) (laughs) I was like, great. She's got this. Got it. Right. What are we? And I'm AJ Klingerman. Whoa, good <laughs> lord! <laughs> What's my name? I can't. I can't say your name. Um, let's try again. <laughs>